everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I am Robert Scarpinito, your features editor. And Rotten, editor-in-chief. Relage Doggett, site founder and Baby Yoda enthusiast. Mm-hmm. He has a bunch behind him. They're coming to get him. Uh, and we have special guests this week, one of our writers, Austin Suther. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, we have him on this week because he was the wonderful person who fell on the sword to review Age of Empires 4 for us. So we're going to talk about that later today. But first, let's get into some news. Uh, Halo Infinite. We got a little bit of a campaign trailer thing. It was like six minutes long, almost six minutes too long to me. Excuse <laughs> but... you. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know why you and I hate Halo so much, but I think it looks dope. I don't I hate mean, Halo. Yeah, no, I, I don't like I've, I haven't played a Halo for real. Right. So like for me, I don't have much of a, you know, reason to, to like be excited or hate it. I just Ti- do it for fun. Time out. We need to rewind for a second. You haven't played any Halos. I've played Halo 5, the bad one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And that's oh. why you hate this, because you don't know anything else other than shit. Yeah. Wow. Well, I did not grow up with an Xbox, but Halo Infinite, it's got this new campaign trailer, and probably the biggest thing I saw from it is Craig got a glow up, I guess. Yep. That's that's the best takeaway from it. <laughs> that and the grappling hook. Um, I know everybody's yeah, this, uh... super pumped about that one. This just looks like a less less fun Just Cause 2. I was going to say Far Cry. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say less fun, but it does look a lot like Far Cry. I, I don't think it looks like Far Cry. I mean, Far Cry is like true open world. This looks like, uh, like sandbox gameplay within a hub area, you know? And I, I just never made that connection personally. Mm. I, don't know, I yeah. mean, it's very just cause to me with this this grappling hook. He's going around. He's blowing stuff up to whatever. There's not like a mayhem score or whatever. You know, I I will say if we're bringing up just cause two, I mean, just cause two, great game, but it definitely is showing its age. Yeah. And there is something about the animations of the explosions in this Halo Infinite trailer that remind me of just cause two in a yeah. very not flattering way. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's just cause two. <laughs> Okay, but so for the fans on this show, why is it exciting? What's what's the story here that's got you all pumped to see Mr. Halo Chief reunite with Cortana? I mean, for me, it's it, it at least having played the flights too, it feels like a return to form. Um like pre Halo 4 return to to form cuz 4 and 5 were just easily the worst of the series. The gunplay was good, the story was confusing and just not right but the pace is back like the speed of of gameplay um is kind of where i want it to be and there's i like the idea of you know having a little bit of a less linear campaign and just kind of exploring and you know that was the one of the fun things about i think it was halo 3 was trying to find all the skulls um was was just kind of a, a fun way to explore so i'm hoping they have more of that kind of hey get out and try and find some weird stuff as well as kind of just bashing in skulls yeah one thing i noticed um and i think somebody made this comparison on reddit or something but uh it looks a lot like the first or rather second level of halo one uh where you're on the halo ring for the first time and it's it's 
this huge open area, um, and, you know, you have a Warthog, you can go pretty, not anywhere, because it's still linear, but you can go in different directions in this wide open, uh, area, find Marines, you know, kill Covenant, it, it just looks like it has that same vibe, which is very nostalgic for me, um, since, you know, Halo 1 is a game very near and dear to me, probably Rut as well, um, and then, I mean, you know, Rhett also said that it looks, you know, similar to, uh, it's a return to form. I also think that there's some new changes that look exciting. Um, other than the open world format, I like that, uh, Master Chief has like a skill tree, basically. <laughs> um, you can upgrade him and, uh, play the way you want, which I hope is, is true. You know, you have your own master chief instead of just like a uh you know you're not restricted uh in terms of gameplay mm. uh so, so is, yeah is this the first for the series where like the story mode has some sort of rpg skill tree elements sort of stuff yeah. oh yeah big time this is a, a complete shift in this how the series has been for the last five iterations or six i guess if you can't reach um so it's it's I don't know it feels like it's it's a good refresh where we're getting to see you know a lot more of the halo rings which you know we haven't explored a, a ton throughout the games so it'll be kind of interesting to see what that looks like what it's like actually being on a halo ring how far you can explore and just kind of uh, the RPG elements and it looks like there's probably some collectible stuff as well which is always fun for me kind of just exploring or figuring out puzzles to unlock every single thing so i also like that you can like order your own vehicle that's yep. completely new mm -hmm. uh usually a uh, pelican will just like drop a vehicle for you but now you can pick how you want to travel that looks really fun just like rico and just cause 2 exactly <laughs> i don't know yeah. i think that Halo's gonna suffer from this open world stuff I don't, I don't see it being nothing that was there was like, you know what? That looks like a fun time to run around and go kill those whatever things. Halos are like the, when people think about the old halos, it was a, it was a narrative linear experience with big moments. In it. And I'm sure this will have those somewhere, you know, littered throughout, but running around killing the, the dumb AI is not what I ever enjoyed about Halo. And just that being it just doesn't sound appealing at all if you don't like killing the dumb ai then what do you like about halo well i mean doing the the going through the campaigns were fun but it was not like boy i can't wait to get to that next set of enemies to kill <laughs> like you're, you're kind of going through the motion some points um and obviously i mean back in the 360 days and stuff like that everybody was playing online or co-op or not co-op but you know multiplayer stuff yeah, I but, mean, from the outside looking in, I've always uh, I've always thought Halo was like the the multiplayer shooter for Xbox, right? Yeah, I I didn't realize it until like a little later that also there's a story here that people really really like, yeah. uh, as was made pretty clear with the direction that the series took in four and five, right? Um, but I guess here's hoping that's I guess Infinite maybe corrects the course. We'll see. Oh, hopefully. In I mean, December? A part of me is just skeptical because you think of these big prestige like uh, FPSs with these big stories that have 
been really good and they haven't they haven't gone this open world route and i think there's a reason yeah i mean it, it makes you think too right like the headlines we've seen in the past year year and a half of people leaving 343 the delays right like i think it's easy to be a pessimist about how infinite could land but from all of the positive buzz i've been hearing from the open betas or the, the multiplayer betas right and like you know, generally i'm hearing some positive buzz about this campaign from people who like actually know the characters in the halo universe more than i do i i guess i have some hopes for for master chief but i, I don't know I'll, I'll find out when it comes to game pass i guess i mean if anything they have joe staten doing the story who has been with the franchise forever and um i mean he's like i i can't remember if he's the original writer or not but he's been there forever and he's written books on it too so like if anybody can salvage the story then i think he can but i'm also worried that it's gonna be like a not to like bring up movies but like a um star wars situation with the latest trilogy where they just butchered the second movie and then they tried to salvage it and turn out into a disaster i don't want that to happen again so here's butchered something. butchered the second movie you mean the best one of the new movies but go on eh, i mean that's another debate <laughs> for another time i suppose <laughs> is halo 5 the episode 8 of the halo series no i mean i like all three so <laughs> i'm probably the outlier yeah, Fair. you and your baby Yoda. It's yeah, my green the, space son, thank you. <laughs> the one staring at him from his from behind him. Uh in other news this past week, uh Facebook's meta. That, that's it. That's the tweet, right? <laughs> All right let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but no, the, the way this affects the gaming space is because you know Facebook owns f- the the company formerly known as Oculus. Now the the thing they make is now called the MetaQuest too, which sounds like a video game. Like sounds Meta like Quest. some BS mobile pay for you know pay to win thing. Do yeah. they need to pay royalties to Sony for PlayStation Home? Because <laughs> that's the vibes I'm getting from it. Meta, yeah, yeah, that kind of like shared world where you can do stuff. I mean, that was basically PlayStation Home, which was basically Second Life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This this whole meta thing is, I mean, I, I think there's a lot we could talk about with Facebook and its place in the world and how this name change is just them running away from a problem. But I think maybe we can try to keep it to the gaming side of it, right? Where I think it's interesting that pretty much Oculus is just gone now, right? I mean, it was like last year where... I think they shook up the Oculus brand under Facebook before, but now it's pretty much like non-existent. It's just the MetaQuest, MetaQuest 2, right? That's what you boot up to play Resident Evil 4 VR. And that's what you will boot up in the future when Grand Theft Auto San Andreas comes to the MetaQuest 2. Yeah, it's interesting kind of the direction that Oculus has gone since being purchased. You know, a lot of what people feared did happen where you had to be linked to the Facebook account. I don't think that's the case anymore, if I remember right. But yeah, the part of the updates that came out over the past week is that you don't have to have a Facebook account anymore to do a MetaQuest. Which is a smart move because not everyone wants a Facebook account just to use their VR headset. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it does make me wonder though how much it's like if you buy one without a Facebook account, uh, how many things are you going to run into where it's like, but if you make a Facebook account, this thing would be easier or like this would be more convenient. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, you want to buy something on the on the MetaQuest store? If you had a Facebook account, you can link your credit card to it. Super easy, man. If you want to shop yeah. marketplace in uh, the metaverse. <laughs> I just I have a feeling that Zuckerberg watched or read Ready Player One recently and he's like yes that's what i want to do mm-hmm. and now he's trying to do it and god i i don't know it, i have mixed feelings like i i would like to see a world where virtual reality you can do all these crazy cool things and maybe you know this will pave the way but i, I just have no faith in meta to make that a thing mm-hmm so now this is this is Zuckerberg and also Epic Games is Tim Sweeney. So that's two separate metaverses, right? That are being created by billionaires. Is, is that what's happening, right? Because like Fortnite is, isn't that also a metaverse? At this point, yeah, it's. It, I I don't even know what Fortnite is anymore. <laughs> it's around season four is where it started getting crazy and where I just I tuned out. It was mm. too much to keep up with, too many changes, and um, the build meta is disgusting. So, yeah, yeah, I get that. I I'm curious what you guys think about Grand Theft Auto San Andreas coming to the Quest because you know it's an it's an older game, very much one of the more beloved games in the Grand Theft Auto franchise, but it's also like I don't know. On my end, I can't imagine it looking pretty. Yeah, prime in first person. It's definitely not going to. Like mm. my guess is the only reason it was picked is this was like when Zuckerberg was he was at the right age when it came out that this is his Grand Theft Auto. Uh, That's what okay. I because I was like hey, San Andreas people like it like it's def- like I mean well I mean there's not any Grand Theft Auto that's not like everybody hates they're all just except I mean, people don't know about the first two really they're like oh yeah we don't talk about those but. uh my guess is this was his formative Grand Theft Auto experience. Mm. That so makes sense. Yeah, he needed to see it. That, or his. he sees this is the one that has all the memes, so we're going to go with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, this is what the humans like. Yes, memes. <laughs> As he caresses his sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Yeah. That, yeah every time he <laughs> squeezes some out, ah, oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he puts on the, and then he puts on the hel- the, the VR machine. Exactly. <laughs> His sticky yeah. VR headset from the Sweet Baby Rays. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> what do you mean? What else could it be? I just I didn't know it could be brown. Um, but yeah, the Meta Quest is. I don't know. Is this going to be something like? Well, I guess for. The people in this room, does anyone here have a Meta Quest or Oculus Quest, you know? Nope. No, I'll be getting the index once I'm ready to shell out mm-hmm. a significant Although amount the, of money for VR. The people mm-hmm. on staff, including like Sam, I know has done a lot of VR stuff. He said the, the Quest, is it, it's Quest 2 now, right? They're the second one out? Yeah. yeah. yeah he said like, that's kind of a no-brainer. It's like, it, it's really good. It works. Yeah, because I mean, the Quest 2 is outsold any of the other Oculus yeah. machines because it's like it's that good, right? But so on my end, I don't have one either, 
but I really wanted to get one for Resident Evil 4. But the thing that mm. stopped me was the whole Facebook thing. Cause like, I'm not on Facebook anymore. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't want to make a Facebook account just to play as Leon again, but make, you I'm, can make your account Leon. True. I could be, be Leon. That as top speaking meta. Here we go. Mm. You make your but own Leon. Make Facebook. a fake account and make sure you send invites to people you definitely don't know. I think that's called being a bot. Yeah, I get a lot of those. Oh, he is, so Zuckerberg understands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's a lizard man. Um, but I'm curious for you three here: is the is the drop of the Facebook requirement? Is that something that you're seeing as like a positive? Where okay, maybe I will get an Oculus Quest two in the future, or is that just still something that's not on your radar? I'm still leaning either towards the Vive or the Index if I'm going to go VR, I think. And it doesn't really have anything to do with Facebook or Oculus or anything like that. It's more so that I just kind of like their design a little better. Mm. Um, And the controllers and stuff like that, just I like them more. Yeah, for me, I mean, I never... I I never was too interested in VR. I've never actually tried it in person. Um, But I considered the uh oculus quest 2 i i never cared for the facebook requirement that wasn't really an issue what was um an issue for me is that i i just don't really think that vr is there yet still mm-hmm. like there's a lot of experimental games and then there's like uh half-life alex that's probably the only game that really interests me where it it seems like it's a true like vr game everything else is just like you know it's there. It is, could be ignorant because I don't, you know, pay attention to a lot of it. But nothing really uh, strikes me as like, yeah, now I have to get a VR headset to play, you know? Mm. Yeah. What about you, Auden? It, well, the the Facebook thing I never really cared about. I mean, I maybe I've just resigned to our corporate future. But the idea of having to have an account to use a thing, it's that's just our future guy. Like... Yeah. just gotta live with it like i didn't bother me it's just is what it is now um to me i, I just i've kind of i've been just watching vr like i said it's it's grown a lot and done a lot of cool stuff i've used it uh but i've just i i'm fine looking in right now catching up later like when austin says when stuff kind of hits its stride because if you think it still hasn't really been around that long not only that but the barrier to entry is so insane, even with something like a Quest or the cheaper ones, or even like PSVR, which is the easiest entry into VR. Like, there's not that many people doing it. Not that many people uh, using VR. Um, so it's going to take a while to get there. Yet. Yeah, it's going to yeah. just take a while for stuff to get going because the, the the audience isn't there for it yet. And part mm-hmm. of that is because the other than PSVR, like. It's it's a pain in the ass to get working. <laughs> it's not only that, but like think if you know for so so much stuff you have to have space. Like okay, I have to have a dedicated area to use some of this stuff for some things because you're standing up and moving around. You're not just sitting there, uh, so you can't just be like at your desk punching your monitor or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, you could. Uh, yeah, if you're if you could, then you can afford a space that <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, I guess the it seems like what Meta, formerly known as Facebook, the, the bigger company Facebook is trying to do is make VR more approachable than ever before and accessible, right? Like, yeah. I think that's their goal with pushing the metaverse, right? Which I just remember, too, isn't Warner Bros. Smash Bros. clone called Metaverses? 
Yeah. So it's just every, the, the term's everywhere. Um, but so maybe, maybe down the line, Meta could be the key player in making VR like super easy to get into. I but, mean, they, they, are, they have, obviously they have the resources to do it. It's just mm-hmm. doing it. For sure. Uh, our last news story for this week. Uh, if you live in San Antonio, Texas, or anywhere nearby, so sorry, because uh, Pack South has been discontinued for the foreseeable future. Dead. Yeah. Sam yeah. killed it. That <laughs> son of a bitch. Well, hey, you were also at the last one. I witnessed so. it. Okay. He he'd killed it. Is South what by Southwest you... still a thing? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I don't know about like how COVID's impacted it, but I haven't heard anything like it's forever canceled or anything. Um, but no, this pack South is it's over now. Cause apparently it's, it's a mix of two things. One, it's the pandemic, which, you know, kind of expected. Right. But then two in the, in their statement on the tweet, they said that since 2015, they haven't seen any major growth for the convention, which is a shame to hear, but so because of those two factors, they've decided to just, for now, call it quits. It makes yeah. sense. If your numbers aren't going up at that point, focus on stuff like PAX Unplugged and PAX West, which is basically E3 now. So so the having been, and having been to the last one, this is not a shocker. We, we had already made the decision that we were not going to do PAX South again <laughs> if, mm. if it were coming around. Uh, there just wasn't a lot there. Like, if I was really on my game and, like, I could have done everything I needed to do in the first day and then bounced and not missed anything. Um, which sucks because the venue is really cool and it's very big and spacious and definitely could accommodate more. But I'm wondering if it's just kind of at the worst possible time of the year. It's in January and it's in the lull between, you know, the Game Wars just happened for those big um, reveals and the companies might still be a few months out from wanting to start ramping up, talking about other stuff like when PAX East rolls around and then E3. So it's kind of in those lull months where nobody's showing anything or wanting to make some big announcement, usually mm-hmm. in like January, February. Um, and that definitely showed with what was there. There weren't the big companies weren't there. A lot of cool indie stuff, obviously, but it was just it was very barren. Um, and if they don't have the exhibitors to get people going, then, yeah. San Antonio's cool, though. Can I ask, if if you were going to PAX South not as someone working the event, but as just, you know, like you lived in San Antonio and you're like, yeah, it's the cool game convention to go to, do you think your view of it would be better? Or do you think even as I the think average it'd be consumer? Worse. I think yeah? it would be worse. Because, like, well, with me, I have... For obviously, I, I well, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find more things interesting than your average person, you know, because we're the the enthusiast stuff, the thing that looks weird or dumb or whatever. I'm like, that's a thing I want to see. Where they're like, that's just weird or dumb. If it's something, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And there's just there wasn't a lot to to do as a person there either. Like if because like a big thing with packs is that you're obviously you can play the games or whatever, but there's also various other things going on at the same time. There wasn't a lot going on, um, either. So just as like a, a person going to, like if I lived there, go for the day. Sure. If you're going to get a pass for a day, I'm, there's, you'd probably find enough to 
do for several hours, but then you'd be done. Mm, and, but okay. part of they, they didn't have any of the big like wow moment kind of stuff. So, like PAX West does have the big companies there in some fashion, even though it's still mostly indie driven stuff at a PAX. Uh, there just wasn't. I'm trying to think of what the biggest game there was that we. The big, the, I think the biggest thing we saw there was it the army thing. The army the had army? a booth, like about some to game. recruit people. Yeah, there was like a, the army gaming thing. Uh, mm. I'm trying to remember. It's like their esports, like America's Army. Yeah, US. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the game. No. 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 <laughs> no it was like some people from the U.S. Army were playing something, and it was all about like. Uh, I don't even remember now. Was it World of Warships? Uh, well, no, it was the Army, not the Navy. Yeah. Yeah, they were trying to mix things up. Well, uh, the fact gotcha. that you can't remember it speaks volumes. Yeah, I can't, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, because I think back to, because, you know, I went to PAX West this year, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, right? And even PAX West, the formerly known as PAX Prime, right? Like the, the flagship event. Even that was pretty bare bones this year. Like, and, that, and that probably was because of the pandemic, for sure. If, if you want, you can read more about it at techraptor.net. Um, but if, if even PAX West is kind of feeling it for the pandemic, yeah. you know, it makes me wonder for something like PAX South, or even in 2019, right? The year that you went, like before the pandemic even hit. It was January 2020. It was right oh. on the cusp of everything. Cause yeah. Yeah. Right when we come back, we hear like February rolling around when all the news is getting big. Hey, maybe it's here. And it's like, what the shit? I just flew from Texas. Like, <laughs> huh? Well, yeah. I don't know. It just makes you wonder, like, if, if the pandemic keeps on going, I feel like this may not be the only major con we see, you know, oh, stop I'm sure. existing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you, me, and Alton went to E3 2019, and people were commenting on how it felt kind of empty. I mean, there was a lot of people. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I remember seeing tons of open space there, like, and I guess filler areas. Like, they had this Fortnite area. That was nothing special. They didn't even hey, have games there. that fed me. <laughs> I would I rolled through there and would get the frozen <laughs> banana slices. And the drink, like, every couple hours. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, he'd swing by the metaverse every hour. That's right. That's Damn, about... I missed out. <laughs> but, I mean... You're probably he... eating a sandwich that was going to get you sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Sam. <laughs> I did pay $6 for a bottle of Coke, so... Yeah, Whoa. I probably should have. Whoa. What are you doing? <laughs> it's press. They, got, they give me free stuff all the time. I needed caffeine. It, Everybody's I, got I drinks it. around. Yeah, you play but, the game I mean, better. That much. Might as well get coffee. Yeah, could have just gone over to the G Fuel booth. <laughs> yeah, 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 go to the or the what was it the, the respawn or whatever what they call it the the, the razor, razor drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave us like a whole box of this stuff. Didn't well, they? Like, like two boxes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't even know how many like single mixed things for the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it was kind of sad to see like uh you you see e3 on tv and you know it looks bigger um and it was almost like it felt like it was declining so i wonder if just conventions as a whole are gonna go that way 
I don't know what mm-hmm. Gamescom was like, um, but it seemed kind of toned down as well, even though COVID was going on. Um, but I mean, even before COVID, like I said, E3 2019, we see that decline. So I wonder. You know, yeah, yeah I mean, like? people would talk about the, the quote unquote death of E3 coming. It's definitely so. My first one was it 2016 that I went to is the first E3, maybe. Um, and the difference between that and the last, the last one we went to, definitely a big difference. It's a lot. It's a lot more empty. There's still a ton of crap there. Mm. Uh, like it's still very packed. Like you're not gonna miss something. Um, but it's definitely waning. And then, you know, Sony pulling out and not doing it anymore is huge. Microsoft. Well, they're is they're busy there. doing. Like Sony's doing those really good state of plays. Yeah, that everyone a really remembers. good state of play that was worth everybody's time the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we're talking about it this week. <laughs> yeah, and even Microsoft is still at E3, but not really. They just own the building next door. <laughs> yeah, and theater <laughs> are holding their own of stuff at the same time. Um, but I mean, as 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 E3 is kind of waning, I think PAX West was booming. Uh, obviously the pandemic hit it this year, but went to the year before that, and it was. It was slammed. Um, yeah, I, we went, and it was yeah. There's tons of stuff all the time. Well, I yeah, think what's I, contributing to it as well is kind of Steam's demo capabilities now. So we're having these big demo events. You know, right now you can even for some games download a demo to try it ahead of time. So developers are able to get in front of people and even get press access without actually having to have them at an event. So I think we're moving a little bit more towards a digital future. I hope that some of them still stick around because it is a really fun experience to get that FaceTime, um, interact with other people in the industry, and um, just kind of forge those relationships. But uh, I think that with how the tech for both you know Steam and Epic and all these platforms is changing to allow for more demo-based content, that that's definitely contributing as well. Totally. Yeah, I can see that affecting it too. Well, I think companies are learning, like you're saying, because we're so digital. Uh, in the past, you not necessarily like the press would be a guiding hand, but they're filtering out and getting the information out there where they don't need that as much anymore. If I'm just, I'm big company X, I say, hey, we're doing a stream on this date. You're going to have everybody's that wants to watch it is going to watch it. Mm-hmm. That's true too. You don't need yeah. press there to write down what nonsense Miyamoto did when he jumped on the stage this time or whatever. Yeah. We're, we're all just obsolete basically. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to deliver on that promise, let's talk about some games we've been playing over the past week. Uh, Austin, you've been playing age of empires Four. you reviewed it for us and you gave it a big 9.5 out of 10 out of 100. Right? Oh yeah. 10. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a less than a one. <laughs> Yeah, I've been playing it for several weeks now, and uh, full disclosure, I was very close to giving it a 10. That's how much I enjoyed it. My first 10, if, um, you know, I didn't have some thoughts about it afterwards, Um, but I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, I grew up playing, you know, like Age of Empires 2, and specifically um, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which is a uh, (laughs) Age of Empires 2 game, basically made by the same people but star wars which i freaking love um so this was right up my alley i knew i wanted to play it because i have all those memories and um it does feel like a blast from the past uh it's 
very similar to the gameplay of Age of Empires 2 rather than 3, um, which I think is probably more popular anyways. Um, and I don't know, it, it just felt like a, a, a glow up in many ways, um, but with some nice improvements to the formula. Uh, it, it's, it's really just above all else, very fun, which is all I could ask for for an RTS because I'm not great at them, but I love playing them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was impressed with what I saw. Um, right. So you said it feels a lot like a vampires too, which is something that a lot of people like, right? Mm-hmm. So for those who aren't familiar with the franchise, what, what's that like a lightning in a bottle? thing that you could describe that's like that it clicked for you like this is why i like age of empires specifically for um basically build up a small town into a city um accrue resources to you know expand the city create an army and destroy your opponent it added some interesting quality of life stuff too in terms of like being able to select multiple barracks at once and quickly generate units rather than having to go to each one um and the upgrade system, like the some upgrading to you know age one to age two, where you're basically just placing a specialized building, is mm-hmm. kind of a cool feature as well. Like it's not just like yep, upgrade your town hall. It's no, you just built a church, and now if you bring your units into the city, they can be healed right there too. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was pretty cool. I I'm only three missions in, but I was an Age of Empires two junkie. So, so if I'm like a, let's say I'm just, I'm a StarCraft guy. What do I need to know about Age of Empires four? I'm well, it's s- not in space. All in yeah. on StarCraft two. <laughs> um, I don't think it's nearly as complex as StarCraft. Although some people might disagree with that, I always found Age of Empires to be very accessible. So you might find it easier. Um, but um, I don't know. It it, it just more importantly um it, it's a very grounded game i mean obviously it's historical so you're not gonna deal with sci-fi stuff um if you like history then yeah go for it but i mean if you're more of like a fantasy sci-fi guy uh eh, maybe it's not for you um i don't know yeah, I, that, that's something I have noticed with the games. I played a little bit of the campaign, and then there's like some like old school Discovery Channel style like historical mini documentary things of like, and then there was this battle that happened, and here's like the story, the context behind it, and then it, it I don't know, there's something about it that's really cool where it like sets you up when you're like playing as as these you know people from history, right? You, you feel that historical context, which I imagine is really neat for those history junkies. Well, they were layer. They they layer like graphics on top of real world locations too, which was pretty yeah. pretty cool to like show. Okay, this is where the battle happened. Here's what it looks like now, and here's where all the people were. It's like that. That's kind of that's really cool. Yeah. It's kind of surprising. Game a lot. A lot of games haven't done that because we have a ton of historically set games that have come out. But really putting in that context, I haven't played Age of Empires 4 yet, but I'm definitely going to. And I, I have a history degree, so obviously I'm very interested wow. in that. So, um, Professor Otten. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Modern day If you want to talk about Jones. academia world, you think every stuff's screwed up. Anyway, uh, putting stuff in the context of that and making these just what how Austin described them in his uh, review is like these, they're very engaging interesting don't overstay their welcome kind of stuff to be like all right this is what 
this is kind of what you're doing rather than just saying, okay, this is the battle of blah, blah, blah. Here's the field. Go fight it out or whatever that games kind of do where it's like, okay, it's set there, but did I really understand or get a feel for or contextualize what the hell it is that I'm learning about? Or they don't just put it in, okay, here's this massive glossary slash dictionary thing so you can just go read about all this stuff if you want to click through some menus that the games do, which is fine. Like it works if people want to find it and they want to read about, okay, why is this support what I'm doing in the game? That's cool. But making something like that's more accessible, like those videos and the, the graphics I think is, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it's a lot more like, so like I'm a big fan of civilization, right? Those uh, Sid Meier's civilization. And with those, like those games are also set, in a historical background but they do that thing you're saying where you don't have to know any history really to play those games but if you want to learn it you can like go to the the you know codex right and like read a bunch of stuff i would say age of empires 4 from what i felt of it so far it feels more like you know you are in it for a history ride yeah. like if mm-hmm. if you hate history oh i'm way probably, more into it now uh, yeah, you probably might not like it. Like the campaign is is where all that is happening. If you want to skirmish, that's fine. But um, what I found interesting is that they did shift the direction of the game a bit um, from previous entries. Where like Age of Empires two is more of a story. Like you are the character, and there's cutscenes where they're talking and stuff. Um, and you know, I saw some complaints from people saying well you know i want more of that but uh instead you know we they went for that historical like documentary take which i don't know i think i find more interesting personally because i'm learning a lot more um and i it'll take some time to get used to for you know players but i think it was a smart change and um you know uh Probably my favorite part about the game, honestly, is just that mm. historical aspect of it. The documentaries are, like you said, Discovery Channel-esque, but probably even better quality. <laughs> um, I mean, compared to Discovery Channel now. Well, sure. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, or History Channel. You mean Channel the Pawn Stars guy didn't come in? Oh, that's History Channel. <laughs> no, that's History Channel, yeah. All right, they're both, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I think maybe because these... Uh, videos that they have that you unlock after a mission are like four minutes five minutes long you know they can really uh focus on the quality of it instead of having to you know well i think they they probably realized like we can't make them any longer than this (laughs) or people are just not gonna engage with them i mean i personally would some people would (laughs) like it's like all right here's your half hour episode on whatever the normans and someone's like, oh, God, I'm just going to skip to the next mission. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're completely optional. Some armies. Yeah. yeah. I, I really me. like that they focus on, like, uh, specific aspects. Not so much, like, a grand scale, like the Normans, like you said, but more like, what weapons do they use? So there's one on trebuchets, crossbows. Um, you know, one of my favorites was, like, them like how castles were made and there's this castle in england i believe where they're like building it by hand like they would back in the day so they did like a five minute short on that it was so cool 
see. Well, yeah. That is way inter- more interesting because like, you see a lot of history stuff in general anyway where it's like, all right, this is the grand scheme. Or here's the big players. Here's the political whatever. But this is getting into the nitty-gritty, it sounds like, of like, okay, like who has thought of what, why did they use this weapon effectively? What is that? What's the matter? We just know, oh, the trebuchets exist, but why? Or like how how were those castles built? Like questions you wouldn't gen- you just take it for granted that that's just how, how things were, not why things were. And yeah. I think getting into that is pretty interesting. Yeah, the videos feel like something that you would show off in a in a class, like in a yeah. classroom. You know, it's it's that level of educational. Uh, I will say I might be the odd one out on this pod because I only played I played the tutorial and the first mission and stopped. Cause I think I think this is too stressful for me. <laughs> I think RTS is <laughs> yeah. stress me the fuck out. You, you should it's definitely fair. try StarCraft Two then. Oh God, no! <laughs> I've watched a lot of StarCraft Two as a kid. I am good. Um, no, I mean because I, I, you know, I, Civ is more my pace. The whole turn base where you can like let things soak in and like make your move and like think about it. That's my vibe. But. Yeah here even this like the tutorial it's like okay you're building villagers and then you send them out to go mining and like that it's very low stakes and i was like oh fuck do i have to manage the mine and then what i have to do i have to go back here build more village you know it's like oh it's a lot of like spinning plates and um exactly i could not imagine doing that in like actual you know warfare or like you know a two-front war or something like that like i just do not oh that stresses me out I mean, it's very much a race against time, especially uh, like if you're playing against another person, um, whoever, you know, manages their stuff faster is usually going to win unless you turtle yourself up in a fortress, which a lot of people frown upon. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's all about the APMs. I mean, like, yeah, literally. Um, Personally, that's not really my type of thing. I, Mm I... I... don't like playing against other people in this because i know i'll get stomped but um i respect the craft at least um, the starcraft yeah i respect the starcraft i mean i think that's uh <laughs> largely true with rts's in general is that because they're so unwieldy that a lot of people like the competitive stuff for some is just like i'm not like they, they're down for casually playing it but the competitive stuff's just way too goddamn stressful to oh, do yeah. and i think that's why something like uh, Warcraft 3 got so popular with those custom maps. People were like, okay, we like this game, but we don't want to play the game. <laughs> yeah. we, we like Age of Empires 2. Age of Empires 2 was the same way. Yeah, like, I, both, like I, you're, you dude, mentioned zone. the... Zone.com back in the day. Yeah. Like, All these uh, things. That's why modding and stuff and these specific weird things with the systems created by these RTSs become so popular so that people are like, all right, let's make something a little less crazy. <laughs> Right, so you're saying the RTS genre gave birth to the extremely non-stressful MOBA genre. Exactly. It's oh, not stressful, it's non-stressful. just it makes you hate people. <laughs> oh, and right. yourself. It's just toxic. Yeah. yeah it's just, we took out the stress, put in some toxicity, it's all good. Uh, yeah, RTS plus toxicity minus complexity equals League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Hey, well, I played Dota um, for a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Heroes of the Storm. Heroes, Heroes of the Storm of is all right. We're gonna go on a little sidetrack with Heroes of the Storm real quick. <laughs> that it was so perfectly distilled what was fun about MOBAs and took out all the BS. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it's really like I I can't I don't remember it all now, but it was insane to know every Dota character, all of their abilities, all of the items, and how those items would affect each individual character, and then knowing how that all worked together on the in the game. Like it's just an insane amount of knowledge. Where I don't need that with that. You still get to play yeah. the kink, the kind of gameplay. It's too bad it didn't. Yeah, get there more was popular. still all of the same level of you know competitive play. Oh, yeah. There was just a lot less. It was more focused. Yep. Yeah, Minus well, the toxicity because like you can't kill steel in that game, which yeah. I loved. Well, <laughs> the community was a lot less shitty too. Like playing through when I first started and I was still trying to figure out the systems, people were helping me like actively in the chat. Like, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And I was like, this. I played League. This is very different, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't want to rage quit. Well, I think part of it too so. is that it's a time thing where like you can get through a match of that in like twenty minutes. And you're not like yeah, that was a huge deal too. Forty like, something I'm minute not long. Down. Yeah, I'm not looking to play four to forty five minutes to an hour and a half yeah. long fucking matches. Um, and I came from the Counter Strike competitive world, so so yeah, I want don't Age value of, my time. We we want Age of Empires Four to be a MOBA. Is that the consensus? That's right. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the what champions are. Just heroes again. Let's see who's who would be some good heroes. Medieval times. So uh, yeah. Joan of Arc. There yeah. you go. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope, actually. <laughs> I mean, they kind of, they, I, based on that first mission, I think there was like some hint of it. Because, like, when you play as the kings, like when you use mm. the king unit, they have like special abilities. Yeah. And, and like, there are a lot of those um, special, like, like, like I said, Joan of Arc, um, Ivan the Third of Russia, you know. So. I'm definitely going to be very interested to see where mods go with this because RTSs are always like, mods are the most to me they mods that come out of or custom stuff that comes out of rts are almost always the most interesting because they can get just wild with it mm-hmm. so i'll be very interested what what comes out of age of empires 4 maybe that, they'll be like some of your favorite warcraft 3 mods that we talked that's about. that's right <laughs> hopefully with much less porn <laughs> oh that was your favorite part well, oh. it's not it's not my favorite part. It's just, you know, you know like when you when you're away on a trip and you start driving back into town and you see things that remind you that you're home. It's like that. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's like so, that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going this route again, with, are we? But with big photoshop sticks. That's it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> the only specific exactly ones. I don't know how we keep coming back to this every podcast. It's either this or fucking Nomura. Those are the two topics that are just going to be cyclical in this podcast. Well, it's just, you know, it's just homie. Just like Nomura's writing. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of homie, well, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're being a bunch of jokesters. Uh, The rest of us on this pod caught up with Otten and played some uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I conned them all into it. it last week. Yeah, you did. And uh, you're right. This is pretty good. It's pretty flarkin' good. Pretty flarkin' good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my yeah, uh, I, my review was a bit of an outlier score wise, but I was reading through a bunch. Of, I, apparently, I missed out on bugs. I don't know if you guys have experienced bugs. I had I some very minor ones, bugs. like they weren't anything that were big. But some reviewers apparently got some pretty annoying ones. That and I think yeah. that people were expecting a different game. Like, it was. Do you think it's fair when I said it's very Uncharted like? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in structure, it's yeah. very, very uncharted. Structurally, it's like that, where I think people thought it was going to be something else. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the way you described it made me think, okay, this is more of an, like, an uncharted cinematic experience sort of vibe with some gameplay in between. And honestly, I 
I think the gameplay is my least favorite part of the game. Like, not that it's terrible, but it's, it's like it's just it's, uh, it's passable. Yeah, yeah. And in, in the same way, like Uncharted, like again, love Uncharted. Those games are great. The story is fun. The characters are great. But I mean, it's it's pretty basic, bare bones, third person shooter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it doesn't stand out. Like you don't play it because God, I can't wait to use the Desert Eagle right. in Uncharted. Right? Although it like, is pretty rad to swing around and punch a guy in the face on a rope. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty rad. But I think it's the same in this game where it's like I'm not like man, I can't wait to use my electro shot <laughs> on those bad guys. Can't wait to right? shoot some guys. Yeah, but it's more. I can't wait to hear what Rocket's gonna say or something yeah. like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's like Otten said last week. I think that it really did a good job of distilling a very similar vibe to the movies. Um, just playful, and the amount of just like extra conversation. Like if you wander off, mm-hmm. then like I'm gonna go find some more uh, crafting crap. And they're like, where the hell are you going? Yeah. I'm like, I'm Star-Lord. I'll do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I like that a lot. The attention yeah. to detail is absolutely amazing. Like uh, Robert and I were talking about it last night, I think. Um, when you get to a chapter, you're, you don't have your guns or anything because you're in like a city. And uh, instead, if you pull the trigger, you know, Star-Lord does the finger guns and he goes pew pew. Which, yeah. like, you just totally don't expect, but it's great that they even added that. Right, and they have so many different voice. Like, they they asked the voice actor for <laughs> Star-Lord to be like, okay, we need, like, four variations of pew-pew. We need you to do the thing like you're doing, like, machine guns. Like, so they just play all of these while you're just pointing finger, finger guns at people yeah. while you're running around. <laughs> it's... it's so dumb. <laughs> I actually spent a ridiculous amount of time in that area, like, talking to all the aliens and stuff because each one has different dialogue uh and yeah so we're talking about i, mean, I don't think we could spoil anything we're talking about nowhere right yeah, yeah that's nowhere. when it opened up but i was like okay is this like a hubby kind of area and then i they have all the different like <laughs> scams around that you can try yeah. to participate in mm-hmm. and like uh lottery stuff and it's like okay do i actually come back and do i see if i get like super boned <laughs> um but you don't so oh. Oh. well they even had that museum thing that was really cool that was you guys pretty, got to yeah, go the see collectors. That. that was rad i yeah. was afraid to spend money to go in there um mm. I, apparently i missed out on like an event where i could have talked to rocket and groot in a bar or something <gasps> oh yeah you, you missed, missed the best character i I, yeah. I did and i was so upset but um like you I'm might like, as okay, well restart way? nah <laughs> I, I can't i can replay it i'll just replay it. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I will storm riders <laughs> i i do i will say it was really rad when like for the first five minutes of the game i i literally like paused every well i just let it keep going because in the first five minutes you you play as baby star lord teenage star lord right and he's like looking at a fucking old pamphlet that came with a cassette tape for this eight totally real 80s band called star lord and i was like hold on i like 80s music did i fucking miss star lord like a really underground you know like super duper like no hit wonder thing but no it's it's this fake 80s rock band that they made up but they made the whole album so like the whole out like fake album is in the game along with like pat benatar and rick astley and all that (laughs) and it fucking slaps (laughs) like it's good 
Yeah, I was actually bad. surprised. I thought it was just gonna be some like generic stuff, and I was like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not bad. I mean, like it, it leans a little generic, but in like an endearing like '80s rock kind of way, you know. How great is it when yeah. you do the huddle up and you're hearing the music? Some of it's just oh, like, yeah. Some of it pick works so perfectly. Some of it's just like this is insane. That yeah. I get sad whenever uh, like the combat ends too soon after that happens. I'm like, wait, I want to listen to more music. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whenever you get bad reputation while you're beating up <laughs> aliens oh it's so perfect yeah yeah um something else that like kind of stood out to me I, I said this in our slack chat about like sometimes there's too much dialogue and and what i mean by that is there, there are points where so like it's cool when you go to a dead end to like pick up a collectible there's usually a voice line that's like hey peter where are you going and he's like uh i'm exploring okay i'm just checking all of our corners right like he always has some cheeky response to it but like nine out of ten times it always interrupts a story <laughs> a story like <laughs> yeah. thing that they're talking about where i'm like okay this is cute but i would rather hear like what they're bantering about in terms of like what's happening around them and the events and like oh my god i can't believe that just happened so it's nice that they inject a lot of character to these people but it's also like it, it gets to the point where it gets in the way of itself too yeah that's know? fair it definitely happens yeah that's fair uh, yeah. i i've noticed uh points where you know if you walk too fast it goes on to the next line of dialogue which so <laughs> sometimes i just kind of stand there to listen to what they have to say or like you can interrupt certain sequences of dialogue when you pick a choice a dialogue choice which it's kind of unfortunate but you know well let's yeah. i want to know like how big is the script for this i'm wondering this has got to have some of the most dialogue i've ever heard in a game yes uh mm-hmm. excluding something like original sin 2 which is you know humongous but like this is a, a good twenty or so hour. You're gonna get about twenty ish hours, maybe a little less, maybe a little more out of it. And they're talking basically the entire time. Like it is not yeah, stop. They never shut up. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, even voice. when you're just yeah, even when you're just running from point A, yeah. like the most boring, like linear. You know, I just gotta get over there. They're still talking that entire time. You know, but it's so like ninety something percent of it's super enjoyable are genuinely funny like you'll laugh yeah i i you know the, in the movies i like drax a lot yeah. i think batista's drax is very, very good, good but he wasn't like my fave in this game drax is like hands drax down is the hero man i love him so much thing. like there's this scene where like you're looking for something and you don't remember like no one remembers the exact like location of it and drax just says the exact location of it <laughs> and rocket's like are you serious? <laughs> and Drax just says always. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he is that is genuine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just so good. Just... And the way he delivers that line is wonderful. And I, I yeah, I, I don't know. There's the whole, you know, not understanding metaphor or, or sarcasm stuff is always I don't know why, like you know it's that joke's there all the time. It's always on the table. And it's every time I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like the hundredth yeah. time they've used that that set up but i'm like that's still good <laughs> yeah like and they do it even in combat when yeah, you're not expecting still, it right yeah. like you said it before right like, like, during the last boss i was laughing at a thing he said i was like what, what? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i fought a boss and like you know you get to the last health bar and peter is like oh it's on its last legs and drax says there are no legs yeah. <laughs> uh, like there's it's a so point dumb. where someone makes a comment of like the whole man the whole galaxy's here is like that's impossible it's like, yeah we know like <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's just man, it's such a funny fucking it's, game. It's I did great. not expect it to be this funny. It's great. It's one of my favorite games of the year, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and counterpoint to like, there's maybe too much dialogue. Well, maybe it feels more natural that there is all this dialogue because. Don't you think, like, when you're playing Mass Effect and people are just standing around saying nothing, like, it's kind of, I don't know, yeah, unnatural? Um, well, it's they one of would those. Be talking. Yeah, well, it's one of those. It reminds me of, um, I'm forgetting his name. What's the head you get in God of War? Mimir? Yeah, when he's, like, telling you a story or, like, when Kratos, you guys are just rowing the boat or running around, he's telling Atreus a story. Like that, it's it's filler stuff, but it was always like this is the some of it's like this is the good stuff, like this is yeah. Yeah. some good character stuff or whatever, um, and this just does a lot of it. <laughs> Guardians does a lot of it. Yeah, that's for sure. But you know, I'm I'm into it. I like it, and I'm honestly kind of digging what Marvel's been doing recently in the video game space, except for Avengers. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and now this. Like, that's three Excellent. out of four. Yeah. That's Wolverine, I'm very excited for. Wolverine, I'm excited for. I'm excited for whatever Amy Hennig's studio is working on. Because yeah. that was, uh, like, some more news, right? Like, last week, uh, Amy Hennig's studio, formerly of Uncharted fame, right, is working on something with Marvel. Be very, uh, definitely on a good path. Finally. Yeah. My, my lord. Took forever. Yeah, <laughs> for real. They got Black yeah. Suns coming out too. I yep. think that's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah that uh that like XCOM like yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's one coming out in January. What? Oh, there's another Marvel game. Isn't that Black Suns? Well, no, that comes out like Q1. That might be the for, yeah the XCOM like Firaxis game thing. Yeah, but I can't remember if it's that's Black what... Suns or whatever. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but Midnight I mean, Suns. There you go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Suns, that's, that's what it's called. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because we don't have any release windows yet for Wolverine or Spider Man, right? Yeah, yeah. Spider Man Two. Yeah, yeah, Spider Man Two. I think twenty twenty three is Spider Man Two. They said. Mm. Yeah, I could definitely see that. down for it. Excited. Yeah, Marvel's definitely doing cool stuff. Like, like when's Guardians Two coming out? Now is what I want. <laughs> Same, right? Because uh, there's so, you know, something. Go well, ahead. I was just saying, like one of the things I tried to. Uh, we I don't want to spoil stuff still, but like, as funny as it is, there's a lot of really good like you get to know these characters and like some serious moments, and in particular, some of them they get really you get really deep into like what is with them, uh, but yep. not all of them. Not all of them you get to learn as much about. Like you spend, for like example, Drax. If you like Drax, you spend a shit ton of time learning him and his mm-hmm. his story um and i would be really cool to just see more of that with the other ones in the future so like if there's any dlc that's coming or an ex- like sequel i am in 100 yeah mm-hmm. yeah because this is something i was thinking about too with like the mcu because i mean like at this point i think there's an mcu formula that a lot of people know right and like there, there are things you expect when you go into any marvel movie right and in a weird way this game ticks a lot of checkboxes on that list too right like endearing characters but they're always cracking wise there's a big bad right and like the the main characters lose something in act two but then you know return triumphantly in act three i'm assuming just because you know it's a marvel comic book game right but even if it checks all the those formulaic boxes like seeing it in a video game and being able to play it 
feels really refreshing mm-hmm. in a weird way. Well, I think they get away with some of it with because uh, uh, the MCU, like it, it, the crack and wise and jokes and humor and all that stuff, it gets in the way of a lot of their movies. I think a lot of time it doesn't fit the character. Sometimes you're like that doesn't like they went they went for the joke when they shouldn't have, and where the mm-hmm. Guardians, it feel it's all very natural. Like this is just them shit talking or whatever, mm-hmm. just normally. <laughs> like they'd be doing this regardless, yeah. and I think that's why it kind of fits that perfectly. If like. Wolverine's throwing out these weird one-liners, and I'll be like, "This is this weird," <laughs> like, mm. yeah. So, I just think it was the perfect game to get that for the the formula in the best way, and I think it does it yeah. better than most of the movies. That I agree with, but also you've got like twenty hours to work. That's, with I think that's they. It's they definitely that helps out. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to distill a character moment into a scene when you can spend two hours on the, a thing. Mm-hmm. for sure well i think that's a wrap for this week's episode uh, we hope you enjoyed if you like what we did here you can let us know in the comments below on youtube if you're watching it there or if you'd like you can leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts and don't forget to rate subscribe you know tell a friend share it around if uh if you liked what we did here and want more people to to hear our good funny words about funny games um we'll be back next week with another episode of the tech raptor podcast but if you can't wait that long you can check out techraptor.net where we're always updating with like news features reviews and all that stuff uh keep an eye out we've got some pretty exciting content coming out for some upcoming games you definitely don't want to miss this has been the tech raptor podcast we'll see you next week